Too, you'd be fucked if I gave you a Uzi, Digby said, and strolled to the door. As he passed the threshold, he turned on his heel, his hands stuck in his gabardine pockets. Boss is waiting for you up on the bluff. Oh, and the water truck didn't come today, so no showers. He left whistling an old tune I couldn't quite place. It didn't surprise me Digby carried around a two-shot pistol in his pocket. It wouldn't have surprised me if he carried a flamethrower in his sock. What surprised me was how my world suddenly had an abundance of guns in it. Twenty-four hours earlier, I had never even held a firearm. Now I was living like somebody found in the pages of Mickey Spillane's wastebasket. I got up and kicked open the door to my bathroom. Pandera was so far off the map that it didn't have regular running water. Every two weeks, a tanker came through and filled up the tower. This meant the people of Pandera practiced a forced form of water conservation made worse whenever the truck was delayed. My agent, Peter Oxblood, had warned me to pick up a few gallons of bottled water on the way down. I was glad I had taken his advice. I plugged the sink and dumped a bottle in the basin so I could wash my face and brush my teeth. The Hotel Baja had been Ox's suggestion. He had been dragged there once by one of his clients for a bachelor party, He insisted its brand of low-tide charm would help me get my head out of my ass. His words. After four years of perfecting the art of pretension in a place called college, I was lucky enough to publish my first novel. It was a long literary affair about a bovine veterinarian's encounter with a PETA-like vegan cult. I called it Madge, and I have no idea how many copies it sold because Ox never had the heart to tell me. He couldn't, however, hide the reviews from me. The book critic for the Washington Post suggested my novel made a solid case to reconsider book burning. The Chicago reader merely printed the first page with the suggestion it be used to line bird cages throughout the greater Chicagoland area. My favorite of all was the Little New England paper, one that did not have a book reviewer nor had it ever in its history printed a book review prior to this one, which described my book as the combined failure of delusional ego and lack of talent. The review ended with the terse yet grammatically suspect sentence, It's no John Grisham. I fled to the one place that had always been a sanctuary for me, the bookstore. I huddled in the corner of the romance section, where I wouldn't be confronted by anyone I knew, either in person or on book covers. I sipped on black coffee and wondered if high school kids might respect me enough to let me teach them English. I was about to take a stroll down the career help aisle when I heard a scuffle behind me. A seventy-year-old woman was leaning against her walker and slapping a teenaged bookseller twice her size with a trade paperback. I already read this one, idiot, she wailed. I want the new one. That is the new one, the poor clerk replied with surprising calm. He had turned to take the brunt of her tirade with his back. Another clerk, a mousy-looking girl with a ponytail, peeked around the bookshelf. The clerk under fire looked at her pleadingly, but she tilted her head up as if she heard someone call her name and quickly disappeared. How could it be new? The incensed old woman said. I already read it. It came out last month, ma'am. They can't write them as fast as you read them. I've had it with this nonsense, the woman said and threw the book at him. He dodged and the paperback landed next to me. I want to see your manager. She didn't wait for a reply and stalked off, walker clanging like a battle staff, presumably to harass the manager. I picked up the book, curious to see what could inspire such an insatiable need in an otherwise frail old woman.
The cover showed a bare-chested man with abs that could cut glass. He was bending over a woman in a flowing gown as she reached for a wooden stake at the side of her bed. I found that the author had well over twenty books on the shelf above me, all in the same series. I remembered hearing a story about a Newsday columnist who'd written a romance novel as a joke and it became a bestseller. At the time, I took it as a bitter grad student yarn designed to deride the low-born genre novel, but looking down the aisle filled with bustiers and cod pieces, I was struck with inspiration. I left the store with the complete series, along with the beginnings of several others. Henry Cooper, for all intents and purposes, was dead to the publishing industry. What better place to reinvent myself than in the polar opposite of literary fiction? I locked myself in my garden apartment and read every romance novel available, of which there was legion. I ate up every...